1: That's Chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs. England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India, with Rohit Sharma, Jasprit Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan, and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England, with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zak Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win.
0: Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Match Daily. I'm James Butler, the Cricket Badger, and today joined by Neil Verani and Rito Mitra, who I'm going to bring in a little bit later today because I have noticed on this podcast, and there's no nothing but reason for it, is to have fan badges on saying what they think. But I sometimes feel that I say a little bit in the question... And then the fan badger goes off and answers and then I bring in somebody else and I've never really got my chance to actually say what I think about the third test match pitch and whether it's good for cricket. I'm going to start off though today by reading out an email. Thank you very much to the few people that have emailed in um, just recently. And this is from uh, Vasanth Narain and I hope I pronounced that rightly. Um, And he says, I've been listening to your podcast for some time and I am loving your work. Thank you. You are providing us good content and objective analysis of the game. So yes, the topic of pitch has gained prominence. And as an ardent cricket fan who has followed cricket from childhood and who has watched enormous amount of good cricket and the recent India This Is Australia series was the biggest example of what test cricket can offer, I will have to agree with the fact that the last two test matches were not the perfect match for a test cricket fan. I've been encountered by many fans justifying two days cricket and the right for any home team to prepare pitches to such an extreme where the home teams are always given the roast and it leads to uncompetitive cricket. I don't know if he means by the race, but they're giving you the advantage, I guess that means. I feel, should ICC further involve itself and set standards for pitch preparation for all test matches by factoring home advantage and independent curators could be appointed by the ICC. who could give reports to ICC before every match starts on the nature of the pitch and how the game has progressed so that the ICC can further look to improve test cricket and make more audiences embrace test cricket and give it the legitimate prominence. I would want your podcast to dwell on how respect Respective cricket boards can look to prepare competitive cricket pitches and how such two day cricket collapses are avoided and more respectable bat and ball contests are brought in all conditions, irrespective of the venue chosen. And how can ICC play a role in preventing respective cricket boards from preparing extreme pitches just for the sake of winning rather than producing good cricket? So that's the email I've got in from Vasanth, And I'm going to just talk about a little bit about some of what up has brought up. Before I start, though, as soon as I, as an English person, start talking about an Indian pitch, I can already feel the amount of stuff piling in on Twitter from people telling me I'm crying I'm whinging, I'm doing all sorts. This is not about India or England. I would say exactly the same if India had lost that Test match in England had won it. I'd say the same if it was the same scenario in the West Indies against Zimbabwe game somewhere. I'd say the same if it wasn't spin that was taking all the wickets. I'd say the same if it was seven for 24 from somebody bowling on a scene-friendly green top. I want what's best for Test cricket. I am not the English cricket badger. I'm not the Indian cricket badger. I am the cricket badger. I love cricket and I want to see cricket thrive. And I want to see Test cricket thrive. That is my main objective. Whether it was the pitch... That was substandard or poor in bad last week, whether it was the pink ball that was a little bit heavier and skidded on, whether it was poor batting from both sides. India didn't fare much better than England did on that spinning track or whether it was a combination of all three. Anyone that says that that third test match was good for test match cricket and good for cricket is wrong. Full stop. Of course, the likes of Ravi Ashwin, Nathan Lyon. Ashton Agar, other spinners are going to come out and say they want spinners to get more chance and therefore they love that wicket. I think some of those comments, particularly from the Australians, were a little bit tongue in cheek at times as well. And I'm not going to suggest against spin either. I'd say the same if it was, as I say, a green top where a team was 50 all out with Jimmy Anderson taking seven for 12. The ICC has got rules about pitch preparation. They are quite detailed, although they are quite vague at the same time, but they are to try and promote a balance between bat and ball, a good contest. That third test match pitch, as I say, whether it was bad batting, whether it was the pink ball, whether it was the pitch itself, was not a fair contest. And any match that's over in five sessions, it's not a test match. It's not a good test match. There's always going to be in test match cricket, low innings. You're always going to get a team that just bottles it or bats badly or a bowler that bowls really well. But generally in those games, you'll see the opposition then get a bigger score. This was a really low scoring match all round in bad. And if you think, if all test matches went the same way as that third test match track, if all test matches were done and dusted in two days, obviously five sessions in that uh, bad example, test cricket would be dead in two or three years' time. It's just as simple as that. We'd just, get, we'd just be playing white ball cricket everywhere we go. And I don't want to see that because I love Test cricket. I love the drama it brings. I love the kind of the, the sways in advantage and in peak excitement down to quite low ebb and, and back again. It's just brilliant, Test cricket. It's what I've grown up lo- loving. I like white ball. I, I'm a big fan of Indian cricket. Most of my current favourite players are in that Indian side, not in the England side. I love the IPL, as the guys on this podcast will tell you in a few moments time. It's This isn't an anti-Indian. India thing, this is a pro test match cricket thing. But if you have two day test matches as a regular occurrence, who's going to buy tickets for days three and four? Nobody. What broadcaster is going to take on a series and only get two fifths of the value for money from it? Channel four in England, who took a punt on this test series to put it on free to air and have done a really good job doing it, will feel really short changed by that third test match because they got two days, 9am start in the UK where they thought they were going to get a big audience and they got three days where they had to put repeats of Fraser and stuff on in its place. It's not going to work, and we have to find a way of creating better pitches, getting a better pink ball, making England play spin better. Whatever the situation is, we can't have two-day test matches. It's just crap, for want of a better phrase. BlackRatCricket.com. Handmade English willow bats. They do have a cashmere range for bats to 4 Starter kit all the way to pro-level kits. They're based in Yorkshire, there is team wear available and there is a new signature range coming soon in February. That's made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Neil, you heard what um, Vasant said on the email. You've heard what I've just gone through there. In a nutshell, how I feel about this. No matter who was at fault for it, a two-day Test match is not good for Test cricket. It's going to kill Test cricket.
1: That is absolutely correct. Um, A two-day Test match, if it becomes a regular occurrence will kill test cricket. However, we can't take a single game in pretty bizarre circumstances to be representative of what test cricket is going to be like.
0: Come back in and then I'll let you continue. But if the Chennai, second test match pitch at Chennai had gone slightly differently, that game could quite easily have been over in two days as well. The fact that the follow-on was just saved and the, the match then progressed and it went into day four, it was by chance rather than by design. That's,
1: well, given uh, since 2001 and VVS Laxman, the reticence of teams to enforce a follow-on, I still don't think India would have done. But I take your point. Um, that pitch was actually, I thought, more of a spinning pitch than this underbad one was. And England could have been skittled. However, that was not down to the pitch. It was a very tough pitch, but numerous batsmen... Including some England uh, batsmen, proved that it was possible, especially if you got through the new ball, to make runs on that pitch. That uh, I put down to the excellence of the Indian spinners and Joe Root and Ben Folks aside, the complete fear of the spinning ball that England have displayed mostly in this series, but let's be fair, historically. Um, and uh, I put that on the shoulders of the ECB um, who um, have their own views on spinning pictures and the attitude of the media to um, subcontinental conditions if a team gets skittled in England or in Australia like India did um, not that long ago then it's poor technique if it happens I don't think in that's India-
0: totally true though neil I don't think I've, I've heard a lot of people say that over the last few days I've been critical of test matches in England where they've when they finished quickly. I've been critical of test matches in certain parts of the world where 700's played 800 and they've gone on interminably with bat just controlling the ball. They're bad for cricket too, but obviously a 700 this is 800 still gets the TV company five days of coverage, doesn't it? So they're not not quite as noticeable, but I'm against green seamers taking loads and loads of wickets and teams being skittled on those as well. I don't think everybody has
1: that opinion. I, I don't think, uh, I don't mean that uh, towards you personally, James. I, but I don't think, think I'm the only person, there. That's
0: what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of people no, like I just, me.
1: I do think that there is more of a silence when England gets skittled in Auckland in Bridgetown in Headingley ahead of Ben Stokes uh, pulling a rabbit out
0: of the hat when England got skittled in New Zealand I was actually sat in a bar in Barbados with Andrew Strauss about four seats away from me Um, it's quite a surreal experience because I was covering the the MCC game out there and all of the England head honchos were out there at the same time having kind of like selection camps and all sorts of different things and I was watching England getting skittled on the TV screens in front of me while all of these uh, guys were kind of shuffling in their chairs alongside me and there was massive fall out from that England were slaughtered for be bat- for batting badly
1: that, that was my point England were at fault for getting skittled there it wasn't down to uh, the ball that was being used it wasn't down to New Zealand creates green seamers. And the same when it happened very it, soon but after. But it was though as yeah, well.
0: It was as well. That was that was brought into the conversation. And you it, can't we, you can't we, deny there's a difference. There's a there is a difference. I mean, no matter how unpalatable it might be for an Indian fan, there is a difference between an Indian pitch which takes turn from day one and the surface is broken from day one and the and the ball spins from day one to a a pitch in England or New Zealand where the overhead conditions have got nothing to do with the ground stuff.
1: No, but the choice of ball is very much in the control of the home team. The choice of a Dukes ball is because...
0: That was a pink ball test in New Zealand, wasn't it? Uh,
1: it could quite possibly have been. I'm, I'm not sure. I just remember I was very tired watching it um, and wondered why I bothered staying up. I was I was mildly uh, drunk, as I remember, in Barbados, but that's, that's a totally different story. <laughs> but the Dukes ball is used by England and I believe by West Indies over the last few years. That's also where um, a lot of these collapses have happened. Um, But I don't see the choice of using that ball ahead of the Kookaburra as a reason given. Two-day test, very bad idea. It's not what we want to see all the time. However, we are talking about a ball that hasn't been used in these conditions ever um, in international cricket. We've used it in pacey conditions. um. And and this is my
0: point, Neil, I think really, is that, yeah, this was hopefully a one-off and we've seen... The carnage that took place in those two days, it was like it was on fast forward, wasn't it? And, and across those five sessions, it was like a highlights reel. And hopefully they can now go away and look at this pink ball. They can look at that track at Ahmedabad and try and never get that same cocktail of ingredients together again. Rito, talking about what's good for Test cricket, Ravi Ashwin said, you know, who are you to tell me what's good for a, what's a good surface? Well, I've got massive respect for Ravi Ashwin as a spin bowler. but He's obviously massively invested in this series. He's massively invested in spin bowling. He can't surely look himself in the mirror and tell me that track in Ahmedabad for the third test match was good for test cricket. Yes, I can take his point that probably in 90% of matches, the seam bowlers rule the roost and the spinners bowl the one over before lunch. That That isn't an issue. I'm more than happy to see more spin bowlers. I love watching spin bowlers bowl. But there is a narrative to a test match over five days for a reason, Rito, in that it starts off maybe slightly better for the batsman. the pitch gradually deteriorates and the bowlers come more into it towards the end of it that's a narrative because then it lasts into the days 4 and 5 and we get proper value for money and proper entertainment that's surely that's why the ECC have the rules they do and why Ravi Ashwin is wrong on this isn't
2: it? Yeah James if you ask me to answer Ravi Ashwin's question who defines what's a good best match pitch then I would say that the nature of the cricket played on it defines it you saw the cricket that was played in, in the third place no you one sitting, seemed uh, to be R- R- Ruto
0: are you, are you sitting in a
2: birdcage no, oh, no, James. I'm sitting on my terrace today and that's why the birds are chirping so loud.
0: You stay on your pitch and you carry on talking, Rita. Oh, now you've got, you got the dogs coming to get
2: you there. You carry on, Rita. If a pitch doesn't let you to play good cricket on it, then it's a, it must not be a very good test match pitch. Because if you look at Dom Sibley's a dismissal on the, in that third innings. He is the last person to who is going to hike a ball against the line, and he got out in that in that fashion. It tells you that he didn't trust his defence on that pitch against the spinners, and he got out. So I think Ravi Ashwin he is obviously going to protect the groundsman on that occasion. But we probably we can give a bit a bit of benefit of the doubt to the groundsman who is probably new to the job.
0: So two, two things come up from what you've just said there, Rito. and two things that I've been constantly bombarded with on Twitter as it, as. It, defence in terms of how badly England batted and I'm not saying England batted well on that track by any means England were an embarrassment to some degree only a few of them made a real good fist of it so don't I don't think I'm trying to defend England's batsmen by any means 21 of 30 balls were straight that got wickets I think that's a stat that keeps being reeled off to me if, if you are a spin bowler and you are getting significant turn then Obviously, in isolation, if you just see that wicket and it's the straight ball that gets the wicket, that looks poor from the batsman. But if you then scroll back and you show the, the previous four balls and they are they are all turning and then the ball goes on straight, that is, that is the guile of a spinner because he's basically setting the batsman up to spin, 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 skids on straight. Got your wicket, sunshine, because you were playing for the spin. And yeah, that's part of the package, isn't it? And listening to some of the spinners after the third Test match, they were actually saying that they, with that pink ball, they didn't know which ones were going to turn big and which ones weren't, because they were putting the same amount of spin on each delivery. They were aiming for the same spot on the pitch, and that's something that the Indians have done a lot better than the English in terms of their length and and how they've probed the right areas of the track. Some were skidding on, some were spinning. The bowlers weren't quite sure which ones were going to do the damage. So how the how is the batsman? supposed to know
2: yeah exactly James if you remember Zach Crawley's first innings where he scored a 50 he was playing absolutely beautifully but then as the spinners came on he and as the expert suggested that you play for the straight delivery he played for the straight once but the ball was spinning away from him and it was big turn before T on day one and then he ultimately he got beaten on the inside edge and he was given out and again if I go back to Joe Root's second innings on that pitch Joe Root was quite lucky to have survived that close LBW shout and he got out in the very same fashion he was struck in front of the stumps so the batsman of Joe Root's caliber if he is missing straight deliveries then it must be something wrong with the pitch and with the ball probably he's playing a ping test match after a long long time and so he got beaten by the pace of the delivery I
0: The other thing I wanted to say Rito as well was that when people analyse Joe Root's 5 for 8 and as Joe Root said you know if he gets 5 for 8 on a track then the track's fairly conducive to spin um, I don't think there's anybody that would argue that a couple of his were caught and you know a couple of poor shots well, as you just indicated there, Rito, if you if you're under the pump and every ball has got your name on it potentially, you are going to as you say, you don't necessarily trust your ability to defend. So you play a rash shot and you get out to it, don't you? And that that's kind of another way a spinner gets his wickets on tracks like that because a batsman tries to break the shackles and gets himself out by taking a risk.
2: Well, absolutely, James. That's how spinners live by the the uh, they will pick up chief wickets because no batsman uh, albeit they don't trust their defences against spin they look as soon as a spinner comes on with modern day players they look to get all over the park hit them all over the park and Jorud that's how he got them and Ravi Ashwin and Aksh Patil also that's how they got the wickets in that test match.
0: Cricket's a game played with balls you've got to look after them in the field badges are furry creatures my friends at mansgate.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there oh get rid of all that excess fur make sure that you're neat and tidy make sure everything's in the right order oh feeling all good now down in this set oh manscape.com maximum skin safe performance compact design advanced engineering ceramic blade waterproof and it doesn't end there show you care by caring for your pair cleansers revivers preservers simply go to manscape.com Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Neil, when we talk about overhead conditions in England and we compare that to Indian tracks, the one thing that you do sometimes get in England is you'll get... Maybe a a strange morning where it's maybe a little bit damp or something and the ball starts to do something. But often in those kind of test matches, you might follow a a high wicket taking session with a couple of easier um, sessions to bat on because the the weather changes, the overheads change, the conditions of the track change. As the day goes on, the clouds disappear, whatever actually constitutes spin, because I don't think anybody's ever really nailed that down. Um, Sorry, swing. Nobody's ever really nailed that down. The pitch can give somebody 100 on day two when a team's being bowled out for 36. But what we saw in that third test match was low scores all the way through, didn't we? The only time I thought it was actually anywhere near easier to bat on was when the ball was a little bit harder early on. We saw Zach Crawley against the Seam bowlers. We saw Rohit Sharma against the England pace bowlers, who were used too much, in my opinion, Um, finding it easier against the pace bowlers. Um, bowling, but as soon as a team, India got up to, was it 93 for two, England with something like 74 for two, and then both teams just fell apart because the spin came on with a slightly older ball and it became much, much harder to bat on. The trend in that third test was for low scores throughout, whereas sometimes in other games when the conditions are against, you do get breakout sessions where a batsman suddenly finds his mojo.
1: I disagree with that. Actually, I do agree that it was easier against um, the very new ball, but I think it's more that it was the pace bowlers that were on as opposed to the spinners. In, well, that's,
0: that's what I was saying, wasn't it?
1: Well, it, it was. Um, it was the pace bowlers being on. It wasn't due to the ball softening that it um, got easier.
0: No, it got harder no, when sorry. the ball softened.
1: The other way. The other way yeah. around. I, I didn't think it was due to the hardness of the ball changing that uh, made things more difficult. I think it was a pure pace versus spin thing. I think actually the issue in the third test was that neither team got through the hard ball. We saw in Chennai that once you got through those first 25, 30 overs, in the old way that people always say about test cricket, especially in England, you know, give the first session to bowlers, let the ball get soft. And it'll make it easier.
0: Wouldn't the fact that nobody got that far suggest the pitch wasn't very good and the, or the combination of the pink ball and the pitch made it impossible to do that, which sort of kind of backs up my point?
1: Uh, no, I think that was uh, just down to the poor batting. Um, poor
0: batting is often led to by good bowling and, and conditions, isn't it? If it's a flat absolutely. track and it's um, easy batting conditions, poor batting very rarely leads to scores like we saw.
1: It doesn't create as many chances, but I think we're excusing the fact that the batting was absolutely atrocious. As I
0: said at the start, Neil, I thought the, there was a combination of pitch, pink ball and poor batting that was the cocktail that led to the test match we saw. So I'm not, I'm not ruling poor batting out of it by any stretch of the imagination, but the first two elements are massive combining
1: factors. I'd, I'd see it the other way, that the poor batting and the ball were the major factors in that test. Um, I think the pitch was challenging It really, really exaggerated things um, due to the poor batting and what the ball was doing and in, in that it was skidding on so much quicker than a red ball would. In
0: the, IC, in the ICC conditions, Neil, it says quite clearly that they don't want to see on days one and two in a test match ball seeming wildly or spinning appreciably
1: or whatever the wording is. They, um, they say excessively, but they don't actually define no, what accessibly is. Sure,
0: but surely in both Chennai and Ahmedabad where the ball was breaking the surface and spinning on days one, that is not in the, in the spirit of those ICC see
1: conditions? The ball was spinning in Ahmedabad, but I didn't think it was um, excessive. The ball was on the edge in Chennai in the second test. I, I would place Chennai along similar lines as other pitches where we've seen uh, collapses. I mean, Trent Bridge against Australia is the um, is the one that um, I think it's most alike in, uh, in terms of the quality. Um, I think they're both On the edge, I'd probably say it's just inside, but I can understand why people might say poor. Um, What we need to get away from as well is saying unfit, which is what a lot of the Twitter talk is.
0: I'll I'll jump in there because if it's not good enough, then it isn't fit, is it? I use the phrase substandard rather than unfit. But if if the standard isn't met, then you are substandard.
1: Well, unfit is a specific term used by the ICC. And the only thing that comes into that is danger.
0: And you're not going to get a dangerous pitch with spinners bowling, are you? Because the danger usually comes with the ball bouncing and it coming along at 100 miles an hour and bouncing up
1: your nose. Yeah, I've only ever seen two pitches that possibly qualified. One was uh, India in South Africa a few years ago, and then the famous uh, abandoned test in uh, the West Indies. and mid 90s was there substandard um, it depends what you think the responsibilities are of a test pitch is it a responsibility to provide a test between bat and ball um, is it a responsibility to a TV company to provide five days of entertainment which is an extremely small window if you end up with a uh, a 900 place <laughs> 700 then you wonder about how much entertainment you're getting even though you get five days? Is it to the uh, the local association to get uh, gate receipts for the four days, which is one of the things that comes in uh, as far as certain pitches in um, uh, around the world go. Uh, they're made more dead, which is a bad thing, so that you can get uh, a four days and don't have to refund anyone's tickets. I think it was very tough. I think nothing has been made. At all of the responsibility of all test boards to ensure that the teams that they send to play test cricket are equipped to do so in those conditions. I believe that the ECB don't really. So, care so, you're, so you're blaming the
0: England team for India's pitch preparation.
1: No, I'm. No, you are. I'm laying, I, no, I'm laying some responsibility. I'm I'm saying this about all teams because I've seen England
0: won 3 te- England 1 5 test matches on the bounce against Sri Lanka fair enough it wasn't quite as extreme and the pitch wasn't breaking up on day 1 but they they've shown they can play spin to a degree they Joe just Root, they've they shown just, they just, play they just they just can't well. play they can't play spin when one ball is bouncing off their shoulder and the next ball skids low onto their off stump
1: sri lanka is this is possibly the worst sri Lanka team during my lifetime like like
0: you say this isn't an anti indian thing I'm, i want to know what's best for test cricket i'm going to move on to Rita to get him back in before we finish now Rita, on Neil's points there about um, should a test match pitch be a, com- a fairly even competition between bat and ball? Should it be about gate receipts? Should it be about pacifying the TV companies and giving them value for money? I'd suggest, well, certainly in terms of the ICC conditions, it's bat and ball. That's That's their definition because it's purely a cricket view that those regulations are focused on. But... In terms of the overall picture of Test Match cricket, it's all three, isn't it? We want a good contest between bat and ball. We want gate receipts coming into the game. And we want TV money coming into the game. We want everybody to be happy on that respect. And the the five-session Test Match doesn't tick any of those boxes.
2: The modern game can't live without... Any one of them, James. They, the modern game needs every one of it. If I have to say what's a good pitch, I go back to Tony Gregg's uh, definition. A, a good pitch is one which just g- gives a bit of help to the spaces on the first day, and then it evens out for the batsmen on days three and uh, two and three. And then the spinners come into the games on day four and five. That's what's a good pitch, I think, James.
0: Ravi Ashburn would come back at you there and say, Well, why can't I get a really good load of spin on days one and two there? Who's telling Tony Gregg to say that? Who's telling the ICC to put that in? But surely the answer to that, Rito, is that the only way to get it get a chance of getting to day five. And I'm not bothered if the game finishes in the afternoon on day four. Some some fantastic test matches do that, but it's surely a pitch has to offer the opportunity to get to day five. And Ravi Ashwin's preferred pitches wouldn't do, would they?
2: No, it wouldn't. But which pitch must have a bit of everything for it, for all the players that are on show. That's what allows them to show their qualities, that they are the players that they are able to do. Otherwise, we can't have, then what's the meaning of picking fast bowlers in India then? Then pack your team with spinners and then let them do their business.
0: Neil, one final point to you. India coming back to England in the summer. All right, let's water these pitches. Let's get them green as anything, or well, let's see how India plays swing bowling.
1: Uh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> are you going to say? Are you going to say, say the BCCI is uh, not doing its job by getting them to play um, swing bowling? Because we all know well, that Indian batsmen struggle very much against that as well.
1: Absolutely. And Bob Willis and Geoffrey Boycott have been telling me how poor the technique is for uh, the majority of my lifetime. But the BCCI are allowing players to go and play counter cricket. So that they can learn and that they can get better. They, w- they, w- they would be
0: if they weren't. If the IPL didn't exist, wouldn't they? There, there are not too many opportunities for Indian players in the early
1: English summer. No, but Ashwin's been there. Ishan Sharma's been there. Uh, Pujara's been there. I know. Again, it, there's crossover with that. But there are players. I think Atinkira Rahana came and played some county championship what, games. J- just on that,
0: would the, would the BCCI be happy for English players to go over and play in the uh, in the Indian domestic game? Do you think
1: I would? Uh, I'd have to defer to Rito on that. Um, I don't know as much about the local uh, local competitions.
0: Rito, would um, the BCCI be happy for a Zach Crawley or a Ben Stokes to go and play in the in the Indian first-class game?
2: Firstly, James, I must say, I'm not sure if there's any chance of any foreign cricketers coming over here and playing for the state over here. I think it's all for the local players.
0: Uh, should, uh, uh, that's my that my thoughts, Neil, is that England are very generous in allowing these Indians to come over and, and well, learn their apprenticeship, well, whereas the Indians don't do the um, same in, in return.
1: Possibly, but Zach probably did invest some of his own money to go over to Mumbai um, and learn how to how to play, spin better. Ben folks went over to Sri Lanka and played a season of club cricket there. And you can see it in just the confidence they have in their own technique. They're not scared of the spinning ball. And I think cricketers around the world should make that investment in themselves. If they want to get better, if they want to perform around the world, then they have to do the work to get experience in those conditions. I don't think that's uh, unfair to ask of uh, any professional sportsman.
0: I, I would say that. I mean, I, I know having worked at Yorkshire, Yorkshire players go across to India to go to spin camps. A lot of counties do the same thing. Yeah, there is a there is a lot of that goes on in English cricket, but nothing replicates going onto a, a pitch like that one in Ahmedabad and the one in Chennai. And as I say, getting one that goes past your shoulder and the next one goes past the foot of your stump against quality bowling like Ravi Ashwin you can't replicate that in in any other kind of way I I remember speaking to Gary Balance about when England last went to Bangladesh and they got rolled very cheaply there and he said I spent hours on the bowling machine against Merlin but when we got across there we had two warm-up games they played all of their seam bowlers in the opposition team we didn't face any quality spinners in advance of the first test match we got onto that first test match track and all of a sudden completely bamboozled because we never seen anything like it and this is what India England's sides are up against when because it for, for England's teams, spin can be practiced against, but what you get in a test match in the heat of battle against the top quality Indian players is very much the unknown for English batsmen.
1: I think club games, um, if they can get a contract with a club, just actually get competitive cricket in the conditions like Ben Folkes did. Um, I know English players have gone over to Australia to play great cricket, which is way down uh, on the quality of um, the state cricket.
0: You can say that, though, but Ben folk got out very cheaply in, in the last test match. He got 40-odd in the first innings of the second one, but hasn't really troubled the score as much since.
1: But he hasn't um, been playing it in the same way that other people have. Say Ollie Pope, who is a wonderful batsman, but without much experience, he looked defeated before he'd even faced his first ball. That experience is invaluable. There's a really good article in Crick Info about former England players who have who have done well in NGR. Um, I know that uh, Graeme Fowler was in, uh, interviewed. I think Kevin Peterson was as well. And I know that it's, uh, apart from Peterson, it's a pre-DRS And game. DRS
0: has made a massive difference, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, but they the main thing they said is that they trusted their defence. Um, I think over the last 10 years, hit your way out. Um, and I think a lot of this came in during Bayless and it's not automatically going to change underneath Silverwood. Hit your way out of a situation that has been the preferred method. Thinking that there, there will be a ball that you can't handle is not a great mindset for playing the long long innings. Uh, trusting the defence, that confidence in your own technique and your game plan um, is going to be key to seeing through the first 30 overs. If England can be three down after 30 overs, then Stokes, Butler, Pope, Root, etc. can take advantage of the ball, which uh, is easy to face. Well, it's going to be
0: interesting to see what happens in uh, the fourth test match. I've, I'm hearing big rumours, you know. It's going to be a flat track. Well, I can only hope as an English uh, supporter, which I am first and foremost. I have to say, but I am a massive admirer of this Indian side. So anything I say against those Indian tracks is certainly nothing against that Indian side, and they deserve to win test matches two and three, regardless of the conditions. You've heard what I thought at the start of this. I mean, the upshot is that five session test matches will kill test cricket we have to do something about it whether it's the pitch the pink ball whether it's getting the batting better however you look at it from whatever lens you look through a five session test match is not good for test cricket and hopefully the fourth test match will go on appreciably longer and we'll finally get a close game between two sides that go at each other and we get into uh, the the final throws of the game with uh, all the results possible we will see how that goes in Ahmedabad come Thursday morning Neil and Rito thank you as always for joining me I've been James the And we'll be back again tomorrow, the day before the Test Match, looking ahead to those hopefully five days of thrilling Test Match cricket.
2: I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow.